Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look Good, Feel Better, the podcast that will be a haven for all things fitness, wellness, and self-care. Today, I'm with Brad Tillery. Brad is the owner and CEO of BCS Fitness, and he's also a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. How are you doing today, Brad? Man, I am good. Hey, before we start, I got to ask, is this a members-only jacket? This is a jacket I got while we were filming from a friend's, man. That, Do you know wait it? Wait a minute. Hold on. Dude, that's a members-only jacket. That was like the thing when I was a kid. Really? All the cool kids had members-only jackets, and you've got one. I guess I'm a member, man. I didn't that's even awesome. know. Do you have one? Yeah, I don't. I was a little kid. This was like in the, the early 80s, so I was like you know, six, seven years old, but like the really? cool kids had members-only jackets, and you've got one, dude. Wow, man. Yeah, I don't, my friends just gave it to me while we were filming. So all right, awesome. borrow that sometime or something. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I got a pair of uh, Jordan Four, retro Jordan Fours last week. You want to trade? So <laughs> may, maybe so maybe not a day like this where it's rainy. Yeah. But like I wanted a pair when I was a kid. It's about the same time the members only jacket came out, and so they re released like a retro one. I was like, man, I'm I'm getting this. Hey man, so, that's awesome. So yeah. That was awesome. Well, it's so good to have you today, yeah. Brad. Um, this is actually the first episode we're filming of this podcast, so I'm really excited to have you on, really honored to have you. Um, I just wanted to talk about kind of the creation of BCS Fitness, you know, how you started, the inspiration behind it, motivation, what got you into the industry in the first place. So if you had anything to share about that, I mean, I think we'd love to hear that. Yeah. So kind of a wild ride, you know. So I got, when I got into college, I wanted to go into finance and business. And so that was kind of my passion through about my junior year. And I did an internship uh, with a financial company. And I was like, man, this isn't it. This is not my jam. So my last year, I was kind of wrestling and just praying through like, you know, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what's, what's my path? And um, I had this class, I forget what it was even called. It was like a career, it was like a one hour elective career free elective class and they kind of help you pull pull apart like what are your your gifts your talents things you're interested in and so from that the biggest thing was like counseling like that was kind of the the revelation I had like I've kind of been in this role a lot over the course of my life just with friends and family and so counseling huh and then I really enjoyed fitness. That was an avenue for me when I was in high school just to relieve stress and feel better about myself. And so I thought, well, I can, what if I combine the two together? And so shortly after I graduated from AM, that's when I started thinking about, hey, what if we, what if we do a gym? And so that's kind of where the whole, the whole gym thing came about. And so I worked at AM for a couple of years. And just had this as a side, a side hustle, you know, where mm-hmm. I kind of slowly started working with friends and people from church. And then that slowly grew over time to you know, now it's three people, mm-hmm. then it's six, then it's 12 and it's 24. And it kind of just took on life from there. OK, that's OK. So, yeah, that's kind of the uh, that's how it all kind of that's initially got, got started. Um, you know, the the nitty gritty of it was, you know, I had this job at A&M mm-hmm. and I started kind of looking for opportunities to, to start working in the fitness field. So I came across, this was back when you read the newspaper to find out like <laughs> what, what's available, what, you know, jobs, yeah. leases, stuff like that. And yeah. so I found this gym um, off of University Drive that was actually leased out from this professor at A&M who also had a side hustle training people. He's like, hey, I just looking for some side money. Like you can pay me 10 bucks an hour and charge whatever you want to rent this space out. 
And so I was like, okay, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good deal. And so I gathered a few friends. I'm like, hey, come work out. I had some power block dumbbells, some bands. He had some stuff there. Um, and we just, you know, started working before work, after work. And you said you just know. training friends, just people mm-hmm. that you knew. Who yeah. Wanted. Okay. Yeah. So ground zero is just people I knew, people I had connected. There was no, this was before, this will date me, man. No iPhones, oh, man. no Facebook, no in social media, like nothing. No texting. Wow. We didn't even text when wow. this thing started. So it was literally just like who you knew. Word and of mouth. Word of mouth stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, started training at this place. It used to be a feminine fit. So it was a women's uh-huh. fitness center back in the 90s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, teal carpet, teal walls. Like <laughs> it was a mess. Wow. Had one, one like shower restroom concept mm-hmm. that was very awkward, very weird. Mm-hmm. We had to tell people like, hey, you can't, because it used to be like all women. So yeah. we're like, hey, you can't just come in here and shower. Like it's, there's a, we have men and women, so you can't, right. can't really do that. And you, did you, you knew you were going to move out of there eventually. It wasn't going to be a, it was just for temporary. Yeah. So when we first started, it was just me lease. I was basically subleasing from this guy hour, hourly. Mm-hmm. So he was like, hey, how many hours of appointments do you have this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had five hours of appointments. So I pay him 50 bucks. Okay. But eventually he got a job opportunity overseas working with troops and so he said hey i'll i'll sign my lease over to you if you're interested and so i was like okay and so i you know took on the lease and uh it was a month-to-month lease and the the landlord when he saw us growing he would raise the rent like every two or three months mm-hmm. so we eventually knew like okay we can't get out of there. we're gonna be able to pay the rent long term because every three months the the lease goes up right. so that's kind of the the humble beginnings of bcs fitness over on the at the university mm-hmm. studio. Okay. So you get that gym, you start to get clients. Now what? Oh no, we don't have enough space. We're getting more. Do we have enough coaches? Do we have, what's, what's the next step? Yeah. So the issue initially was not uh, space. So this place we were in was ginormous. Okay. Like it was almost freaky big. Like it was like, you know, the, the, the South and Central studio right now, they're about 3000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Well, this place was double the size. Oh, wow. But we only had like a handful of clients. Okay. So we were like, I mean, it was more than we needed. Okay. So we actually went down in size to the next move. And we had, we just, you know, been thinking about, okay, what do we want to do? What kind of lifestyle do we want to lead? At the time I had a, you know, a couple of young kids and I thought, you know, what it'd be fun to like find a property and, uh, just build a gym on the property and like work from home and have the gym in the backyard. I had a friend in high school that his brother was a bodybuilder and they built a whole workout house for his brother. I always thought that was the coolest thing that like on this property, they had their home, they had a, a sweet gym. So that was kind of the next evolution was we found a, we found this house that had, it was a great location right off of Southwest Parkway you know, had a guest house, a private parking lot that accommodated mm-hmm. about six to eight cars. Okay. And so we just gutted, we moved into the main house and we gutted the guest house and just tore down all the, the walls. Wow. We put up mirrors, put down flooring, painted it purple. Wow. And it was go time. So we had, I guess it was about six years or so we were there um, and just and you know, train clients out of that. And your family, you're still with your family. You're living with your family in the house while you have a gym in the backyard. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we had the house. So it was great because when the kids were little, it was, you could hop in the house between appointments, 
you know, it definitely created some tension in the sense of like it's hard to separate right. work and home. Right. But it was also kind of nice because you'd have an hour break. Right. You just pop in, or right. the boys just call the 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 gym the Bat Cave, so we could play around. <laughs> and it's the Bat Cave, and you know, play around the gym and stuff. So it was kind of a fun. It was, was it, a fun time. Was it like? Okay, everybody, we just ate dinner. Let's go get a quick workout before bed. Or was it just no. like, if you wanted to come in? Not not really, no. So it was like, uh, so the kids were young, so they weren't really quite, they weren't really quite into that yet. But in terms of like clients, you know, it was like, there was definitely some like separation. Right. Like, you know, one morning I overslept and like everyone's at your door. <laughs> like, are you awake? Which is kind of a hard way to wake up. Yeah, you know, yeah, versus yeah. now they're, they're not at your house, but you're literally like, you know, just woke up and people yeah. are like knocking on the door. Yeah. So that part of it was kind okay. of yeah. a challenge for sure. So 2006 comes, y'all been going at it. You know what you're doing, figuring it out. Phones are starting to come. How do you expand? What's the next step? Yeah. So that was kind of where we eventually moved to what's now the central studio, the flagship studio, because it got to be, we had a few part-time coaches, but it's weird having people at your house that you're not working with, you know? And so it was hard to grow the business, hard for even top talent. You know, we were trying yeah. to look at bringing on the best coaches. Like, yeah. do they really want to tell their friends and family, like, I work in this dude's, like, guest house, you know? Mm-hmm. So a part of that was for us to up, upscale, add some more professionalism. We were going to have to get a, a traditional retail location. And we just kind of outgrown it. We were, a lot of times, we were on a wait list. We didn't really have the space gotcha. to accommodate. And really, it was just... It was the Brad show for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so that needed to change for us to grow and become okay. a healthy company. It couldn't just be a couldn't be the Brad show all the time. Okay. So you get into Central, things are booming now. You're going full fledged, you have coaches, mm-hmm. clients, busy all the time. Is it forty forty hours a week, something like that, or just are you constantly busy? Do you have time to are you still working on anything else or is it full BCS? Yeah, it's definitely at that point pretty pretty busy and it kind of marked a transition of me moving into more of a a CEO um mm-hmm. general manager type role just mm-hmm. knowing that we needed to grow the team. We needed to to hire the best. We needed to make sure that um we had the administrative people in place mm-hmm. to keep things running smoothly, that we had coaches who were that had a a career ladder basically mm-hmm. not just part-time coaches but we had coaches who were wanted to do this professionally and mm-hmm. so that was a time where years of just working to build that structure where we could have these different layers of leadership and mm-hmm. growth and we could really help support clients the best way possible and speaking of that structure you're getting all these coaches what is the goal when you hire a coach when you explain to a co- mm-hmm. client why they should come here what should draw them in from like the coaches, like what draws in a coach or what draws in like a client? The client. Well, I think, you know, the good thing about being in business for, you know, to almost 20 years is you kind of get a sense of like who you can really, who you can really help and, you know, what we as coaches, who we like working with. Mm-hmm. And so we've been all over the place over the years, you know, when we first start out, you're just trying to get, you'll help whoever, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just trying to. Mm-hmm. feed your family you're trying to mm-hmm. let your coaches have a, a job so you're not super picky with who you who you bring on or who you're helping and so it's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach and then over the years you start to learn like okay who can we 
who can we really help and what the types of things that we enjoy doing, what type of person does that really benefit? Mm -hmm. And so now we've sort of said, you know what, we do a really good job with family-minded, career-minded people who are busy, who struggle to find the time to exercise that really benefit from a more individualized approach, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if I'm 26, um, I've been working out my whole life, that person obviously would benefit from us, but probably not as much as someone who is 45, who has a couple kids, who has a job, and exercise is really tough due to their season of life. Right. Um, or the person who's an empty nester, who's maybe mid-50s, who's trying to figure out, okay, now it's time for me, what do I do? Right. Our skill set matches up better with that clientele than, say, the 23, 24-year-old, recent graduate, the former college athlete, things right. like that. So yeah. we have, a, as you know, a pretty wide variety of clients, but we feel like the ones who are in that stage of life where family and work is sort of the larger priorities, we kind of step in and partner with them and give them some accountability and some processes to help them be successful despite right. the season they're in right now. Okay, so on that, so building a successful, you know, personal training company involves building relationships with the clients. So you know who you want, you know who you're going to target, you know who you who's going to benefit from coming there. How do you foster stronger connections with them? How do you keep them feeling like it's a safe place to be where they can work out, where they can, although their life is busy, they can come here and BCS can be fruitful? So it really comes down because we're a service-based business you know we're not selling jeans or frappuccinos Mm -hmm. it really comes down to the people and so you know when we bring people on when we're hiring for any position we understand that you know the the clients are going to see this person two three times or more a week Mm -hmm. and so there's not many people in our lives that we see that frequently Mm -hmm. so they have to be people that are encouraging that are engaging, that are positive, that people enjoy seeing, Mm -hmm. right? And so when we have folks that come in through like our eight-week mentorship program who are considering coming on board, maybe they're considering a career in fitness, uh, maybe they're considering making a career change into fitness, we want to make sure that this is someone who obviously understands the body, understands movement, but also people enjoy being around, you know, because they're going to see them three, four times a week. So that becomes a really big deal. And bringing on the right people, well, if their heart's in the right place and they're here for the right reasons, they love people, they want to help, they want to be a servant, then all that takes care of itself. Mm. You know, if you get, you know, staff who have the right, mm. the right mindset, right motivation, um, they're not here just to, you know, hey, I'm, I'm fit, be like me. Right. Um, or I enjoy lifting. You know, that's great. But we're probably looking for someone who has a little more, a little more of a servant heart, a little more of um, a people person than just someone who's an exercise enthusiast. Gotcha. That's awesome. So going back a little bit on, I guess, the start, how the company was going, how how you saw the vision for BCS, what were some of the challenges you faced, you know, starting up the company, getting into the industry? What were some of the challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. And some of that is, 
advertising mistakes, marketing mistakes, client relation mistakes. You just, to get to the place of being um, qualified, you know, competent in what you're doing, you just have to make a lot of mistakes. And so I think looking back at, you know, the first five, 10 years, it's like, oh my gosh, like, why did we do that? Why do we, you know, so it's all lessons, right? So it's almost like you're paying a tax Mm -hmm. to have a good business in the future, but you have to, in the short term, just learn, you know, learn hard lessons. So I think that's kind of what we saw early on. And we still learn lessons all the time. I think we've just gotten good at like, hey, we're not going to make that mistake again. Like we made a mistake. We're going to not make that same mistake. We'll make new mistakes, but not the same mistake. And so I think when you start looking at 20 years of business, especially the first five to 10, there's just a lot of, you just make a lot of rookie mistakes that you have to kind of learn from. And mm-hmm. so that's why I always tell people when they're starting out a business, like find a mentor, find someone that can, that's already made the mistakes that can kind of help them walk through and avoid some of the mistakes that, that I made, others make when they're starting out a business. Right. You have challenges, mistakes. You also have unexpected challenges that come. When I think of that, I think of COVID. You know, three years ago, COVID hits. How how are you affected by that? How did you manage that? Man, COVID was a wild time, as <laughs> as you could <laughs> imagine. You know, we yeah. were talking about it yesterday. Just um, all the things that that we were that we were doing, right? Mm-hmm. And it was totally new. We'd never gone through something like that before, mm-hmm. and so we're all just kind of on the fly, trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what to do. Um, yeah, I think. You know, for us, COVID was, there were a lot of really cool blessings that came from it in terms of we had a lot of clients that said, hey, we support you guys and we're not going to just cancel our membership. We're going to, you know, and we, we kept all of our staff on. We laid no one off. We just sort of gathered and said, hey, like, we're just going to do all we can right now to serve our clients while they're not here. So, there was a lot of blessing in all the support and people, you know, we, people put in videos of like, Hey, this is all the stuff that is going really well right now, despite the chaos in life. And so the good part of it was we had a lot of people that they kept paying a hard part of it was we had a lot of people that left, you know, and again, some of them lost their job. Some of them were just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that, you know, there's no hard feelings there, but we saw, you know, probably 25% of our membership just out the door Mm. as soon as COVID hit, which, um, again, that was a scary, that was scary. Mm. So it, at times it could have felt disheartening. I mean, you see that 25%, you know, just gone out the window. Did it, was there ever a moment where it felt like it could all go wrong? Did you ever feel like that? Or was it a, you know, being the owner, you have all this responsibility. Did you ever have a moment where you felt, oh no, this could be it? Or was it just a, We'll get through it. It was definitely a we'll get through it. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever had that level of fear. I don't think, let me think back. I don't remember feeling that way. I remember thinking we may have to change how we operate Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future. And I don't know if I like that. I think that was my thought was like, are we going to be stuck here for a year, two years? You know, what's that going to look like? So I don't think I ever felt like, the whole thing was going to crumble because I feel like our staff were all pretty nimble and we pivot well. So I think we knew like we can pivot. People are still going to need fitness. They're still going to need help. 
we just may have to pivot to something that we don't enjoy as much, mm. you know? So that was kind of the, that's the one thing I remember of okay. that, of that time. So y'all made it through. We made it. We talked about the challenges. Are there any memorable moments or any milestones you're proud of, you know? And I think our staff staying on board was, was huge, right? Cause you, you may have remembered like there was, you know, government, subsidies and and there were opportunities for people to make money just staying at Mm -hmm. home and not doing anything Mm -hmm. and so i think the fact that our staff was like we're willing to work like Mm -hmm. we want to stay in this we're we're on board that was huge Mm -hmm. and so i think that was a win in itself of just we didn't have a fractured staff because we had a lot of clients that had businesses where people just quit because like well i can just get paid to stay Mm -hmm. at home i'm just gonna do that Mm -hmm. so we didn't have that problem everyone stayed on board um you know, I think just back to the clients, like the love and support that we were shown during a hard time was awesome. Because again, you talk about having, you know, say 200, 220, 230 members that stayed on. That's a lot of people that kept paying for several months when we were either on Zoom or we were in studio separated using limited equipment. Um, so that was, I think, the blessing of just we saw people rally around BCS Fitness as a local business and say, hey, we're going to support you guys through this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all make it through COVID. Are there anyth- was there anything pre-COVID that you were just completely proud of? Was there a moment something happened, you know, was it you get your first gym? Or was there a moment where you kind of looked back and said, I did it? I mean, there's definitely little milestones. I think my... My perspective of, of perspective of business is, um, and I'm not sure which expert coined this, if it's a Simon Sinek thing, or, um, but just the idea of an infinite game, like, kind of like fitness. Like, there is no, there's no end goal of like, I've arrived, I'm on the mountain, here I am, I can now shut things down. Just like fitness, like you have to keep working out, you have to keep eating well, you have to keep sleeping, like there's no okay, now I'm at a point and I can just do whatever I want to do, right? So business is very similar in that it's an infinite game. There is no there is no end and there's no I've arrived. There's no amount of money. There's no, you know, number of locations. Like you could have 10 locations, but you still have to work to keep those open or you still have to work to keep employees on staff. So um, I see it in that way. I definitely celebrate the little things, the milestones, the, okay, now we have, you know, another location or now we've brought on this new leadership position. But I think in my mind, I view it more as just a, I enjoy the game of Mm -hmm. business and fitness. And so just sort of day to day operating to become more effective, become more efficient. Um, You know, I don't necessarily have like a, this was a big this was a big milestone. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, opening up a second location was helpful because that allowed us to bring on more staff to help more people. So that's one that kind of pops up. I think moving out of the guest house into the central studio mm-hmm. was another milestone of just, hey, now we can help. Mm-hmm. Now we can help more people. Um, leadership positions, you know, adding a, you know, director of programming, a director of personal training, mm-hmm. a director of, Membership, you know, different leadership positions mm-hmm. is one, too, where now we've got kind of this path 
for people who aspire to to stay in the industry and so I think that was those are things I think about. I don't have too many big milestoney things. I try to look at it as just a day to day like there's always more. There's, there's always, always more. There's not an arrival. It's just like fitness. Sure. There's not like a oh wow we've made it. You know. Sure. It's just a hey we're still in the game. Like let's keep playing. Let's keep playing. Speaking of playing, are there any fun plans for the future? Any big things coming up for BCS you'd be willing to share? You know, that's a great that's a great question. Um, I think from where we are right now, um, the South Studio, there's still opportunities there for for growth, right? So it's it's healthy. Both studios are healthy. I think more so than the Central Studio, it has a little more opportunity for for growth and to help more people. So I think that's kind of priority number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we'd like to at some point own a building mm-hmm. just because I think it really, in terms of like... Instead of being inside, connected to... Yeah, the- well, right now we're, we're leasing, right? Mm-hmm. So we oh, lease okay. both locations. And so I think for us, we're looking at opportunities of, okay, is there a, a space that we could purchase um, that could be something that the business, sure. you know, sure. utilizes as the local market changes. And so I think for us, that's kind of something on the horizon that we're looking at, talking to people about, planning for, and just trying to figure out what's, you know, what's the best thing. But ultimately, we want to help more people, but we don't, we see it as a, you know, our day-to-day, week-to-week mission is, not build a bigger business, but a better business. Mm. And we feel like if the business is better, it will naturally become bigger. It will help more people. And so our, our focus is always like, how do we get better through our systems, through our programming, through our client relations? How do we get better so that we can grow in healthy ways versus right. just, let's just get bigger, whatever it takes to get more members in and, you know, we don't want that. We don't want the wrong the wrong type of person here because it affects right the culture and things like that. So we still want to help more people, but that's kind of the the thoughts moving forward. Mm. What do you think sets yourself apart from other companies? If you were going to ask somebody, man, that's a good that's a good question. I think. Um, You know, I think some of it is um, just for me personally, I think I tend to view my my role here as more of a manager. You know, I think that it's easy and I've seen this with people that I'm acquainted with or are connected with in the fitness industry. It's really easy to develop an ego around having a business, having employees. And I think that what I try to remind myself of is you know, this is all God's. And so I'm managing, I'm managing this, I'm managing the clients, the staff. And so I think, um, that helps me stay grounded and in a position where the typical, um, hurdles for a lot of people is their ego kind of taking over and making decisions out of ego. I think not that I don't make mistakes and do things out of ego, but I think having a mindset of how do I best manage I think is is helpful you know as compared to other people in the industry i've seen across the country that sometimes their own ego kind of forces decisions or leads them to decisions that aren't very healthy right. so i think in any business 
um, just maintaining that manager versus owner mindset, sure, I think is, sure. is helpful. And is that something you learned along the way or is it just something that you told yourself you're going to have to figure out, you know, at the moment? I think it's just one of those things you learn as you go and you have people again that pour into you, you know, whether it be from a business perspective or a spiritual perspective where you just sort of, you see it over time that life is just, it's a lot less stressful because this can be stressful when you start thinking about all the people that rely on your function in business. It's just a lot more enjoyable and easy when you see yourself as a manager um, versus this is my stuff. I'm an owner. This is my gym, my clients, my staff. Like that's a very uh, tough position to be in. That adds a lot of pressure and stress. So I think it's more of just the mindset and just years of people pouring into me that have kind of helped me switch gears a little bit where I'm not so um, focused on, you know, mine. Mm. Well, Brad, Thank you so much for joining us today. It was amazing having you on the first episode. Um, I think this is going to be a really cool thing. I've I've been here with BCS for you know a couple months now, and I've just I'm completely drawn in by the way y'all you handle yourselves, the way your company runs. It's it's truly inspiring. It sets you apart from a lot of a lot of different companies. Cool man, and we've enjoyed having you, yeah. dude. Like I mean, you came in. We were having Jerry and I were having lunch yesterday, and we were talking. And it's like man, it's like he's been here for a year and he's just <laughs> been here a few months it's awesome i mean i think that's mainly on how 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 you're treated and how the environment is already it just makes it easier to all flow cool so, we love having you man yeah hey thanks once again brad for coming on everybody thank you for tuning in to this episode of look good feel better look forward to seeing you on the next one everybody have a good day absolutely bye guys yeah.